Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Get your popcorn ready, everybody. Oh, yeah. We're going to the movies. Um, welcome back to, it's, it's been a a long, a long time since we've done toys on film. In fact, we've only done it one other time and it wasn't actually film. It was Netflix streaming because we did one episode on the toys that made us. No, I thought we talked about the whole run, but for the whole first season. Yes. But we did one episode on the toys that made us. Yeah. So, uh, Toys and movies, they go hand in hand, uh, whether it's it's movies that are, are based on toys or some of the best toys that have ever existed have been ones that have been, have been based on uh, on film and, and television properties. But uh, toys on film is something that is very apropos right now as we record this in August of 2023 as the arguably the, the biggest toy brand, if not the uh, one of the biggest toy brands of all time, the, the, the Barbie brand uh, is breaking all sorts of records at the box office. Yeah. Um, con- congratulations to that entire team. That movie is fantastic. If you guys like this whole toys on film thing, we will eventually get to uh, Barbie because we both saw it and it was, mm-hmm. it, was it was fantastic. Fantastic. But, um, we were thinking about how to kind of reboot this idea of, of doing toys on film. Those of you uh, who know us personally, um, all like four of you that listen, <laughs> listen to this, that know us personally, know that um, outside of toys, 
the other one of the other things that uh, that Dave and I both share a very very deep and profound love of is is film and cinema, and um, you know this is very much so at a crossroads for us. So um, we th- we're thinking, you know, in a way to reboot this. What's a movie that is kind of lives in that you know kind of iconic area of nostalgia and and kind of cultural importance uh and and is something that is is always kind of a hot topic in toys and has been for you know 30 almost 40 years uh the ninja turtles yeah i was gonna say i like to think of it as what started out as a toy and then became a movie yeah and in this case uh the ninja turtles uh this we've we've gotten four movies five no five now that's right i always forget about the no more than that five seven movies right because we got you get the original which we're gonna animated two animated yeah we got the original which we're gonna discuss today so 1990s teenage mutant Ninja Turtles trilogy let's say and then you have secret of the ooze and turtles in time then you have tmnt Right. Yeah, it was the animated one. It was the animated one. And then the two Michael Bay ones. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, yeah, and then the yeah the newest Mutant Mayhem is the Which other Which would be the second one. animated yeah. movie. Yes, yes, sorry, you're correct. <laughs> Wasn't thinking about it like that. I was like, wait a second, there were two animated ones? But um, anyway, so... Those turtles were real, man. <laughs> they're real, real to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so so... Arguably, we're we're going back to uh, not arguably we're going back to when the turtles debuted on on film for the first time on the, the silver screen. Uh, so, Dave, why don't you take us back to to 1990? Uh, in this case, two days after your your birthday in 1990. Oh, yeah, that was that was one of the fun facts about 1990 <laughs> when the movie opened. That I had I turned nine two days before the movie opened. Yeah. Um, movie opened on March 30th, 1990. Um, the top TV show in the ratings um, for the year, because I couldn't find the week. Um, so this was for the entirety of 1990. Uh, thank you, Wikipedia, was Cheers. Where everybody knows your name. Yeah, which has also had toys, but they had Funko Pops. Um. The top song on the Billboard, um, the Billboard music charts, the top single pop song um, was a song called Black Velvet by Alana Miles, which I do remember. Um, Great song. That's like Black Velvet. Yeah, it's, yeah it's all right. Like yeah, yeah I, I, I can hear the melody in my head. Great song. Yeah. Um, the top album on the Billboard charts. Um, which is peak spring nineties, um, time, love and tenderness by Michael Bolton. I will not be singing any, any Michael Bolton. You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) Um, this one was, uh, the, the next fact that we mentioned already was not on Wikipedia, um, yet or or billboard.com. And that was that I turned nine, two days before. The movie opened, as we said. Um, And then this is just a fun fact um, that I just remember. Um, 
but I, I'm sure some website will corroborate it or not. Um, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the most successful independent film um, of all time, and it was unseated in 1999 by the then most successful independent film of all time, The Blair Witch Project. So before um, we... Because New Line, New Line was not owned by <laughs> Warner Brothers yet. Oh, the, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. It was still the house that Freddie built. Yes, it still that was point. the house that, that Freddie built. So, you know, just kind of thinking about it real quick, right? Like, so, you know, we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later on, but while there were no toys at the time that were um, directly from this movie or for this movie, the Ninja Turtles, in terms of being a, a toy line, were well into their, you know, uh, popularity their 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 arc of popularity um you know yeah, the, the the cartoon was huge yep the the playmates uh toys um were everywhere they were one of the most popular toy lines at the time the turtles at this point you know going back to their their origin with mirage comics uh you know the the that first issue uh by by uh eastman and laird was 1984 so, you know, we're only six years into the Turtles' existence, and um, they went from being kind of a dark, gritty comic with, uh, with Mirage Comics to being a, a brighter, more kid-friendly um, cartoon, a uh, Saturday morning cartoon, to, uh, to being, going back to being something gritty that was a little more a blend between the two with the 1990, uh, with the 1990 film. And then um, just to celebrate the success of the film, um, Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, and Raphael um, went on a music tour at the end of the year um, and released a, I guess, highly successful album at Pizza Hut. And, uh, Coming out of their shells. Yeah. Oh. And, then, and then proceeded to become Kiss. P- pizza Power still slaps, man. That song is great. Flying saucer, yeah. food delight. Yeah, it's such a good song. And if you're really curious, like if you, uh, we, I, we definitely had it on cassette. Um, but if you if you really want to experience it, head on over to YouTube and just search Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells. Um, the entire, I think it's like ninety minutes. Yeah, it was like a VHS that came out. It was from the, I think it was Radio City, wasn't it? Madison Square Garden, show? or it was MSG. Yeah, it's, I think it's MSG because we just, I, I just watched it with the girls. Uh, we, we went yeah. to go see Mutant Mayhem, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's MSG. I, I could be wrong. Maybe it was Radio City, but it, it was I definitely it was Radio City because I, I remember wanting to go. It was definitely yeah, it was Radio City. It was definitely in New York City, um, which is apropos, you know, it being the turtles and everything, but um. It, there is a a really uh, it's a time capsule. It's a time capsule of a thing. Um, just just go enjoy it. Go go watch it if you're if you're if you're curious. If you've never seen it, just go on YouTube, search for it. You can watch the whole thing on there, or as much as <laughs> as much as you're willing to subject yourself to. Um, so before we do a quick recap of the movie itself, uh. Dave, you've pulled the log line here from the original uh, from the original VHS release by Family Home Entertainment. 
Um, I sure did. Would you Would you like to <laughs> Would you like to do us all a solid and and, and read this this uh, super informative <laughs> logline from the back of the VHS? Yeah. Um, so the logline from Family Home Entertainment's original VHS. You, you probably remember it well. The uh, black and green slipcover. Um, now you can catch America's favorite green teens in their first live action blockbuster film. After waiting in a puddle of radioactive waste, these radical reptiles are transformed into New York City's greatest crime fighting quartet. Featuring hot new music by MC Hammer, this film will captivate adults and kids alike with its blend of humor, camaraderie, and martial arts action. Don't miss this blockbuster movie. You'll have one shell of a good time. I, I don't like that the um, hit, sing, hit single by Partners in Crime was left out of the log line. Yeah, that's that's the big one. I had that cassette single of that. It's a great it's a great song. Turtle Power. Yeah. T U R T L E Power. Yeah, that's a that's a that's another song that still slaps. Yeah. The MC Hammer song is like isn't that in the beginning when everyone's eating pizza? No more no. cutting through the city? No, the MC Hammer song is when you go to like the Foot Clan clubhouse. That's right, all the cool kids. All, all the, the cool kids all are Sam Rockwell. Listening to Hammer. Sam Rockwell's uh, listening to MC Hammer while asking if you want regulars or menthols. Yeah, which um. you know, <laughs> I I just rewatched it again for this, and I'm like, oh, that's Sam Rockwell. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So so as as we kind of go through some things here, we're gonna we're gonna shout out some of our our uh, our followers and and listeners. Um, since we didn't have, we don't have a Q and A section this time. Uh, we did put a post up on on our Instagram account and our Threads account and X, X, um, <laughs> at AIC underscore podcast, where we told people we we're going to be talking about this movie, and uh, we wanted to collect some of their favorite moments. Um, and shouts to our friend, friend of the pod, Mike uh, at the Figure Report, uh, with the regular or menthol uh, reference there, of course. Uh, calling out to to Sam Rockwell's little. I feel uh, like that was Partners in Crimes' like only song ever. I might have been. I've never. I don't recall them that name ever coming up. And it's Crime with a K too, I believe. And a Y. Uh, it's right. It's K R Y. Yeah, because it's because they're cri- mm-hmm. criming and rhyming. Yeah, because if you if you if you want to look it up, you've got to make sure. Otherwise, you'll get the um, the Kiss song Partners in Crime. <laughs> So you want second kiss reference in this episode um, that has nothing to do with the movie. So um, you'll get you, you need to spell it correctly. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to miss it. So uh, some some of some of the cast here, we'll just we'll go through this real fast. So, uh, of course, actually, what I think we you should do, uh-huh. um, because, you know, the. The NECA figures for the, the movie. Um, yeah. Did they get a figure? Oh, yeah, we could do this. Okay. Um, Short answer is yes for all but two, three people on this list, I think. Y- yes. Okay. I'm lo- wait, I'm looking. Well, 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 yeah, we'll we'll get this. All right. So, yeah. So, of course, uh, we're starring Judith Hogue, 
uh, as April O'Neil, uh, and and she she was only in this one. Yep, she's she was only in this one. Um, and so fun fun fact about Judith Hogue as as April O'Neil, she actually has uh, three figures. So she's got two that have already been uh, released. So she has her regular, you know, the 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 kind of dress and skirt that she's in kind of like her hero outfit if you will um that she wears as a reporter then she has like the summer house outfit you know when she's when she's sketching uh sketching the turtles and then there's actually a third figure that's coming out that neck is producing so one of the things that kind of often comes up with the design of april's wardrobe in this film is obviously she's not wearing the classic yellow jumpsuit um but she recently on Instagram, along with our friends at NECA, um, shouts to, to Blaine, uh, revealed that they did actually screen test a yellow jumpsuit. Um, however, mm. she said it was way too tight, like uncomfortably tight. And um, she put them on and they were like, go like take a walk, like see if they kind of like stretch out. If you like, you know, they get more comfortable, they loosen up on you. <laughs> no, so that's she, not how that works. So she, she said she walked out onto the set like on like off the soundstage and like onto like outside onto the set and um uh, Elias uh Kateus, who plays Casey Jones was standing outside and basically said to her like Judith you're going to you're going to turn around you're going to go back inside you're going to take those off <laughs> um and uh yeah she got back in and like the costume designers and everything were like yeah this is this is not going to work this is way too tight a little too revealing think we're just going to stick with modernizing april's look and giving her like regular clothes like clothes that somebody would have worn in 1990 um and she's got the yellow raincoat yes so that was the splat that, that was, was the nod that was the nod however um there has only been one live action actress to wear that yellow jumper that classic yellow jumper um in official promotional material and that was the actress that wore it on the side of the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, arcade cabinet. So what they're doing is they're doing this kind of like behind the scenes deleted scenes homage type of a figure that's Judith Hogue in the yellow jumper that appears on the the Ninja Turtles arcade cabinet. So she will have a third NECA figure coming. Um heavily hinted that we'll see more of that at New York Comic Con. So Stay, stay tuned. They did show us kind of like a work in progress prototype, but uh, more to come on that. Uh, so then we mentioned, uh, of course, Elias Kateas as uh, Casey Jones. He has also has two, uh, three figures from NECA. So he is uh, has a permanent masked head in a two pack with a uh, Raphael trench coat. Raphael. Yep, with a trench coat. Raphael. Um, then he has. Uh, an, a, an ultimate, a single packed ultimate that has, you know, the removable mask. Um, and then he also has a summer house, uh, undercover lay low Casey outfit and sweatpants. Um, Michael Turney is Danny. Danny does have a NECA figure. Uh, he was part of loot crate. So, um, one of them, I think he was the first figure in it. Yep. One of the more rare ones. um, Tashihiro Obata as Master Tatsu. They are trying desperately to find uh, Mr. Obata in order to reach out to him and make a figure of him. So if you know how to get in touch with Toshihiro Obata, 
please reach out to NECA. <laughs> or if you happen uh, to know him personally, because they would love to get a, a Tatsu figure out there. Shredder. Uh, did I skip over Shredder? You did. Oh, I did. Uh, James Saito as Shredder. Yes, he also has uh, has had two figures. Yes, he had a single pack um, that I think might have been a GameStop exclusive. And then he's in a two-pack with uh, with Splinter. Um, Corey Feldman as as Donatello. Of I course. think he's also out of the mask shredder as well. So I think his throwback. Yeah, no. Saki is him. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. There is a there is that two pack, too, of the the Oroku Saki and um, Hamato Yoshi from the, the flashback. Yeah, with the, the with the rat in a cage. Um, Corey Feldman is Donatello. Brian Tochi is Leonardo. Robbie Rist is Michelangelo. Josh Pye. I don't know if that's pies or pie. I'm going to go with pie as uh, as Raphael. Of course, the, the turtles have all gotten their fair share of of treatments, both in a that's, four pack. That's the voice, the voice talent. Yes. Um, they have gotten a four pack. That was, I believe, a, a Comic-Con exclusive initially that came in what it looked like a giant VHS box standard mm-hmm. of how they've they've done Secret of the Ooze and Turtles in Time as well, um, as well as two packs. Um, and then we have Kevin Clash as Splinter. Uh, he has gotten also a couple of releases. He's part of the two pack from NECA we mentioned earlier with Splint with uh, Shredder. Uh, he had a, a GameStop exclusive single pack, and then he was also in Loot Crate as uh, Ghost, as like the the spectral uh, Splinter when he when he appears to the turtles after he's kidnapped. Um. Mm. And then we have Sam Rockwell. We mentioned him a little earlier as well as the head he is, thug. He is, he is credited as head thug. Head thug. Uh, menthols or regular menthol. Um, and uh, he, he also basically uh, tells Chief Stearns uh, what he needs to know at the end of the movie. It's true. Um, he has not had a figure, though he's, he's definitely high on everyone else's, on everyone's lists. Um, Scott Wolf and Skeet Ulrich. This is actually news to me. I did not know this, Dave. Scott Wolf and Skeet Ulrich are uncredited thugs. Yeah, they are. It's on IMDb. I could not spot them. Fun. Yeah. Skeet Ulrich. All right. Um, yeah, so so pretty much NECA, NECA has pretty much covered their bases with this movie <laughs> in terms of uh, releasing the, the, the characters from it. Tatsu is, is really kind of the... Uh, the the white whale at this point uh of 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 the uh the most wanted um so yeah hopefully that would be awesome cuz you know he we're not talking about secret of the ooze but you know he also appears in that film so it would definitely be a a slam dunk if they could if they could get him mm-hmm. uh this was written by Todd uh Langan and Bobby Herbeck directed by Steve Barron of course, based on the characters by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. And um, the puppets and turtle costumes used in this were made by the Jim Henson Creature Shop. And I believe it was the last thing um, worked on by the Creature Shop while uh, Jim Henson was still with us. Yes. so He passed right before the opening. At New York Comic Con last year, um, NECA, and, and again, shouts to our, our buddy Blaine, uh, at Blainer Things, designer at NECA, 
Um, he moderated a panel with uh, Todd and Bobby, and um, they told a lot of different stories about you know how this movie kind of came together and you know how they initially were with one studio. I, I'm blanking on the studio that they originally had signed up with, but the studio bailed on them. Um, but when they were working with the Jim Henson Creature Shop, they actually had, um, forgive me, I forget whether it was Bobby or Todd, but one of them was actually writing the film at the Jim Henson Creature Shop while Henson and the artists were making the costumes and was almost acting as like an advisor. And one of the cool things that they mentioned was Jim Henson was really interested in knowing the writing beats of the script because he wanted the suits to be able to do what they needed them to do in the movie. So like the fact that they, you know, the, the stunt actors that were in, um, in the suits were able to do like backflips and, you know, all that stuff. They needed basically two versions of the suits. They needed a suit that could work as a stunt suit. And then, you know, obviously the suit with all the armature and stuff in the, the head and, you know, mm-hmm. um, all the puppetry and everything. So really cool to see how kind of like, one thing influenced the development of another uh with with the uh the kind of development of the of the film so um the film itself dave let's i I feel like we should take people i mean spoiler alert for a movie that's (laughs) what 36 years old um 32 32 yeah um let's take people through the the movie i'm glad i i'm glad it was came out that close to my birthday so i could do this math (laughs) We we did it. Um, so uh, the movie, um, I, I would say my my kind of earliest uh, memories of the movie, most fondest memories of the movie, because obviously I was only two when this came out. So I I definitely my experience. I, I remember when Secret of the Ooze came out. Like I re- I can remember seeing stuff on TV for it. Probably mm-hmm. might have even taken me to the Williams Center, the, the movie theater, to to see it. Um, but, I'm uh, pretty sure I took you to C three for sure. I that I can vividly remember, and all of the people throwing popcorn at the screen. Um, but uh, with this movie, you know, I remember watching it on VHS, and I just remember thinking the intro was so cool. You know, where like you can't, you don't see the turtles, like the like the reveal, and then the logo comes up. Yeah, yeah, it was, and then the reveal. Yeah, yeah, it was very very smartly done. Um. But uh, yeah, let's let's kind of real quick go through the the beats of the movie here. So, um, very smartly done. Unless you saw the trailer, yeah, right. <laughs> um, or the commercials for it, or the like the the spots for it on like the the animated uh, the VHS yeah, on is, everywhere. The, yeah, it was it was everywhere. Um, yeah. So the the turtles, right? We get the typical backstory of of the turtles here. You know, mm-hmm. they're the they're. Splinter was a, a a rat in uh in Hamato Yoshi's dojo learned watching his master perform uh perform ninjutsu and uh you know he had a, a long standing rivalry with who we we learned to be who we learn is Shredder you know later on in the film uh in in uh why am I blanking on his Ar- name Arokosaki yes uh him and the turtles are come across the the TGRI ooze and mutate into 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the anthropomorphic man rat <laughs> Splinter. Um, but we get we get April and Casey. Um, you know, Casey, you're you know the 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 uh, former vig- hockey player, <laughs> yeah, former hockey player, vigilante, uh, roaming around 1990 New York City, which is a lot different than the New York City of today. Uh, you know, cleaning up crime throughout Central Park and, you know, his, his normal beats around the city, uh, has a, has a iconic run in with, with Raphael early in the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. one of, one of everybody's, uh, favorite lines. Um, I have, I have to give credit to somebody who's shouting it out here. Uh, let's see where it was. I mean, which, which one? Cause there's so many in that. That whole exchange, though, the you got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Now, That's a Jose Canseco bat. <laughs> there's so there's so many good like, ones. Yeah, why? Well, like, why would it be bad that he had a bat of like the most famous baseball player at the time? And you know what, though, that the, but the cricket line too with a cricket bat—that's probably the first time that a lot of people in the U.S. saw a cricket bat. Like, like, not like kids there. You know, like so. I mean, it is a it is a funny line. Um, the uh, yeah, but that that whole exchange where Raph ends up getting dumped in a garbage can. <laughs> yeah, he he does not come out on the winning side. Um, of course, also a a lot of uh, use of the word "damn" in a kids' movie. Yeah, yeah that that scene when he's when he's I was yelling, like, "Am damn. I allowed to watch this?" <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsors. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom-and-pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at their brand new home at 101 Newark Pompton Turnpike Suite 1 in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at chubzywubzy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Rewind and press play on your VHS collection with CGC. CGC is excited to announce our newest collectible vertical, CGC Home Video. As a division dedicated to authenticating and grading your VHS collection, our experts are ready to help you encapsulate your favorite video cassettes. Don't settle for static on the screen. Submit today at cgcgrading.com. That's cgcgrading.com. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. And now, back to the show. Well, this was this was edgier, right? Like, this was... Um not the cartoon turtles. This was this was going hearkening back to their origins, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer back to the the New York Comic Con panel from uh, from last year with the 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 writers of the film. Um, one of the things I think that, it was only PG though. Yes, but one of the things that they struggled with, um, they wanted to make a movie that didn't talk down to children. Like they wanted they wanted the turtles to like treat everybody who was kind of coming into the movie with the same um, kind of scope. And that was something that they talked about in the the writing of it, that like they pushed as much as they could for language and for the turtles to kind of like talk with, you know, kind of a, a more adult oriented um, speech with the exception of Mikey, who, you know, of course is the, the comic relief in the film. Um, but, uh, especially with Raph, like they wanted Raph and Leo to really kind of like butt heads. They wanted, they wanted to see that friction between the two of them and they Mm -hmm. wanted, they wanted kids to, you know, experience that. So that definitely comes across, um, in the film. Uh, of course your, your antagonist of the, of, of the movie is, is the shredder and the foot clan foot clan running their, their underground, uh, you know, uh, gray to black market trade of stolen goods uh you know you know kind of rounding up the kids from around new york to to join their their ranks uh and april is april o'neill is your your crack news reporter who's trying to get to the bottom of uh of the recent thefts trying to get the scoop on uh on the these these kids that call themselves the foot um, well, she doesn't know their kids. No, she doesn't know their kids on the, on these criminals that call themselves the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that are being headed up by Sam Rockwell. Yes, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, his head thug. Head thug. Every every good every good uh, criminal organization needs a head thug. A good head I thug. Can... <laughs> it's it's typical like, though. I like give him a name, Jeff. Like. <laughs> Sam, Je- Jeff Vader, um, yeah, yeah, no, I, that's uh, it's a good point, but you know, there's there's always been characters like that in in movies, you know, like woman in red dress, <laughs> you know, it's just like title, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, you know, so it's 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 not super uncommon. It is funny though that it turned out that like, you know, Sam Rockwell is a very <laughs> well respected actor who started his career as head thug. Um, yeah, it's like it's like if in Iron Man three he was like rich creep, like. <laughs> yes, yes, rich, rich creep. That's good. I like that. Um, <laughs> so of course, uh, you know the 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 turtles come, you know, uh, cross paths with April. She freaks out, but uh, you know that they they save her. She realizes that. Uh, you know that 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 they're good. Of course, there's a story there. Her being a reporter, she's talking about like a super secret society of thieves. Yes, that do not that nobody believes her that this is what it is. 
So imagine her going on the news saying like, yeah, there's four anthropomorphic turtles that are fighting the bad guys. Yeah, that's that's a quick way to get your yourself uh, and your career um, canceled. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, at this time, like Danny gets picked up by the police like they catch him. Yeah. And um, Danny's father is April's boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and the police don't want April basically saying they're doing a bad job in the press and, you know, kind of being able to like kind of outsmart them and know more than they do. So they're trying to silence April. So they basically, in order for Danny to not go to jail, um, the chief makes a deal with, uh, um, Danny's father. I forget yeah. his name. News Channel movie. Six. Uh, no, it's Channel Three. No, it's cha- News Channel Three. That's right. Six is the animated story. Animated. Yeah. Yeah. News Channel um, Three. Uh, the the editor in chief of News Channel Three. Danny's dad, which does not exist in New York. Um, but it's uh, yeah. They basically make a deal where. Like he won't, Danny won't go to jail and April can't talk about this anymore. Yeah. So, um, April of course has no idea, goes on the news and talks about it. And as, um, her apartment and father's antique store burns to the ground during, um, a fight between the turtles, Casey and the foot clan, um, she gets fired (laughs) Things as things are not going well for April no, O'Neil. <laughs> as her as her entire life burns to the ground, she's also getting fired. No wait. So the, the next part is when is when Raphael gets the gets the crap kicked out of him by the Foot Clan. But I'm just realizing that we we missed a critical component here. <laughs> um, so before we go forward, we'll, let's talk about one of the events that kind of set all of these uh, these occurrences in motion. Let's let's. Take a step back for a moment. Okay, so April's been fired and her house burns down and all that. Um, but this chain of events is set off by Splinter being kidnapped. The reason Splinter gets kidnapped is because Raphael saves April O'Neil from um, foot soldiers on the literally most empty subway platform I've ever seen in my lifetime. <laughs> um and April gets knocked out and um, they Raphael brings her back to the, the sewer lair. However, um, he didn't knock out every foot soldier because somebody follows him back. Um, and he's like, oh, this is where they are. So that's when Splinter gets kidnapped. Yeah. yeah they- and then they have him like basically just in a corner of the warehouse behind some like chain to the boxes wall. and, and, you know, and fencing. Yeah. He's there's a fence and there's boxes and he's just, and cha- that's where Splinter yeah, he's, lives. He's just chaining. He's just chained there to the, to the fence. Um, so then as they're, and that's where he can't go back. He tells Danny the backstory of the turtles there. Like, right. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. At some point. Yeah. But Danny, Danny is like a little, like, He's still trying to be a cool kid first. So <laughs> hard air quotes on cool kid. He's trying yeah, to be so a cool Danny, kid. Danny, um, 
I think this was, yeah, this is when Danny gets arrested. So Danny gets arrested and um, the news guy talks to the chief and they go to April's house. Charles. Charles? Yeah, his dad's name is Uh Charles. So at this point, Danny sees the turtles are in April's house. And or April's apartment. And so then, you know, the Shredder is like got a team meeting about like, hey, we've got to find these turtles. And Danny's like, I know where they are. And that's when they beat up Raphael on the roof and everything burns down and everything. The good guys have to uh, retreat to the farmhouse. And we're back. And and now we're at the farmhouse. uh, And this is where. Uh, Leo gets his his astral projection of of Splinter, and hey guys, Splinter's alive. Um, so they they and here's what we've got to do. We've got to go save him. Yep, he's alive. So uh, we head back to New York City after everybody is is recuperated and on the same page, and then we have um a really cool. And then, then they go back to the lair to regroup because there's literally nowhere else to go. And um, Casey Jones is afraid of being inside a high-ceilinged, very open-spaced sewer um, because he's claustrophobic. So he instead goes to sleep in a truck with the window open. That's right. (laughs) And by the way, I'm making fun of, but like... This is a movie I loved when I was a kid and I still think is very entertaining. Um, but it's there's some things that are very hilarious. Yeah, it's a very big... I mean, granted, yeah, you're underneath the city, but it's a very big space. It's r- roomy. Yeah. It's very roomy. You're not... It's, it's not tight. It's not at tight quarters at all. So, um, especially considering, like, the front of a pickup truck is your <laughs> other option. And he's not comfortable in there. He's like, if I remember correctly, he's like squirming and kicking and like trying to get comfortable. Yeah, he can't sleep. Yeah. But then he sees, um, oh, who does he see? He sees the foot soldiers. Yes. And then, uh, and then it's on. Now yeah. we're in, now we're in the, the third act here. So what's really cool, um, this all bubbles up to um, a fight on the rooftop between the turtles and shredder a la issue one of the mirage comic and um yeah during this point danny has a change of heart um shredder or i'm sorry splinter talks to him tells him the whole story and cool yeah and we we get that as i mentioned we get that fight that is uh a throwback to the the very first issue of the comic um minus minus shredder pulling out a grenade uh, but he gets kicked off the roof into a garbage truck and Casey Jones closes the pull, um, pulls the smasher button or the yeah. smasher lever on the, the garbage truck. And that is uh, in 1990. That is the end of, of Shredder. Everyone goes home happy. Uh, and then the police come and are like, what's going on here? And the. um. And Sam Rockwell basically points at uh, Tatsu and says, it's his fault. It's on him. Yep. Like, Yep. This guy. It's this guy's fault. It's this guy. It's not us. Uh, and and as far as we know, at, as, at, at this moment, the Shredder has been destroyed. The Foot Clan has been stopped. And, and everyone, everyone, happy ending for all. 
Uh, yeah. So very, very cool movie. Still, still is a lot of fun. The suits still mm-hmm. hold up really, really well. Um, so how did the movie do, Dave? Yeah, there are, there are, there are some things that are a tad bit insensitive at this time. Yeah. Um, you, you go back and you watch, watch certain movies. There, there, there are things. There are some things that age poorly, and this is no exception. Phrasing. Phrasing. Um, so we mentioned. What? I said phrasing. For the phrasing of things. Oh, yeah. Is, okay. Is problematic sometimes. Um, so we mentioned that uh, at the top, Dave mentioned that this was, at the time, the, uh, the most successful independent film of all time. Yeah, and one thing I do want to point out too, a um, bunch of studios like got together to make the film, but the two most, I would say, well known of those, of course, New Line, New Line Cinema, um, the house that Freddie built, eventually part of the bought by Warner Brothers, um, part of the whole HBO Max family these days. Um, and then um, Golden Harvest, which is a Hong Kong-based studio that is responsible for early Bruce Lee films, um, Jackie Chan films, um, Sammo Hung films. Um, so a lot of a lot of the, the great, greatest martial arts uh, movies. Some of the greatest, yeah, martial arts films. Um, of all time, like Police Story is a Golden Harvest film. Um, and it's, it's sequels. So, you know, Rumble in the Bronx. So that, I think this was, I don't know if Golden Harvest and New Line had worked together prior to this, but like, you know, Rumble in the Bronx came out after this. Yeah. Like long after this, but after this. And that, again, was New Line and Golden Harvest. So... So the, the budget on this movie was $13.5 million. And uh, on the opening weekend, it made that all back plus some as it... it yeah, it almost did that, like, <laughs> that, you know, you know you're good when you do double the budget because then marketing and everything else is out of the question. And this thing, you know, marketing du jour. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was everywhere, including Domino's being the pizza delivery in the film and Pizza Hut being the official pizza delivery of the film. <laughs> that's true yeah they got they managed to get their competitors on the <laughs> both of them on retainer here um what and what, wait what's the what's the uh <laughs> what's the pizza guy line uh pizza dude's got 122 and an eighth <laughs> it's 122 and an eighth <laughs> so whenever i'm thinking pizza delivery to this day i think of 122 and an eighth and then and then of course uh you're standing on it <laughs> Pizza dude's got thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so good. Um, so it uh, it made uh, just about twenty five point four mil uh, on that opening weekend with a, a domestic gross uh, of uh, one hundred and thirty five point three million and an international gross of uh, of sixty six point seven million dollars so huge massive mega success yeah like the first four weekends it was out 
the movie that it so the number one movie in America the weekend before Turtles came out was Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman did not win for another four weekends. Yep. Um, and then after four weeks of Turtles, Pretty Woman won again. Um, Hunt for Red October was like at the end of its run, but it was still like hanging in there at number two, and it beat that too. So like, yeah, no, no slouches. Two, two very, uh, mm-hmm. two other movies that are very beloved. Um, yeah, this this was an absolute smash, an iconic smash. It took a property that was already a mega seller. Um, in the and made in, it huge. Yeah, in the mega seller in the comic book aisle, the toy aisle. On, on TV with the cartoons and and now you know it, it had made the jump to film and you know something else that I think is is notable that doesn't really come up when people talk about the turtles that that you know I always think about is right you had in 1989 you had Batman you had Tim Burton's Batman um that was really kind of the first real successful comic book movie right like showed that like you know comic books could be could be films could be taken seriously as films and then you know just a year later you have four anthropomorphic turtle people made by jim henson studios absolutely crushing it again at the box office so you had two years in a row of of properties that really started out as comic books um you know taking taking cinema by storm um, might sound a little bit familiar to those of you listening now in 2023, you know, as, you know, comic book movies continue to be, um, you know, some of the most successful and, and, you know, most well-liked movies at the box office. Um, speaking of being well-liked, uh, the tomato meter score. Um, yeah, the, the, it was not well-liked by critics. Much like the comic book movies of today. <laughs> well, some of them. Um, I feel like that's been less in that MCU era. True, true. Uh, but forty-two percent for critics, with a a whopping uh, difference of of forty percent, as uh, as eighty-one percent of uh, of audience scores find this movie to be fresh. Um, yeah. So again, I mean, it, it's just what a place to start when you're talking about you know toys and how they translate to film. Um, this is a unique one on the list, right? Where there actually isn't a, a product at the time in 1990 that, uh, that tied into the film, you know, that there was no, and that's, that's wild to think about if you like, as a nine year old, like my animated turtles were my turtles for this movie. Yeah. That's that, that was your only option. I mean, you had many options of turtles at that point, like, you know, the different, you know, reskins of them, sh- turtles sure, with shell but storage. Like, but yeah, they were they were the cartoon turtles, the the playmates, five inch cartoon turtles. Um, and a lot of people associate the the turtles, the playmates turtles that came out later for Secret of the Ooze in a slightly different style that were made to look more like the 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 movie turtles. A lot of people associate those with the 1990 movie when when really, you know. Their their brain was doing the translation for them on that one. Th- those were for the secret of the ooze, and then uh, those film. are like very different. And I feel like the even like the facial characteristics of yeah, they had the more like they were smiley. They were a little more goofy, like like they were yeah. in Secret of the Ooze. Um, yeah, I I prefer these the first movie Turtles. Same, same. Um, 
I think overall, I'm more of a Secret of the Ooze person. Like, I think I enjoy that movie more than the than the original one. But I do like prefer the design of of the turtles, the more kind of serious design. Speaking of which, um, it's a it's a sillier movie, Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, it's it's more it's um, closer to the cartoon. Uh, yeah, than 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 the uh, than the comic. But uh, you know, we we mentioned them when we were going through the cast list at the top here. But uh, Neca has has really, um, you know, uh, across the board, the 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 bulk of their fandom um, and and production is around the Ninja Turtles. So whether it's the Archie comics, the Mirage comics, the 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 uh, the Fred Wolf cartoons, the films, um, NECA is absolutely smashing it out of the park with their their. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles offering, um, and they continue to find new ways to to kind of keep growing it. But a lot of people hold the the nineteen ninety Turtle line um, in very very high regard, uh, both in you know aesthetic quality and also toyetic quality. They really translated those Jim Henson suits to um, you know to toy form in a truly remarkable way um they th- those figures look fantastic they look like little versions of what you saw on the screen um and i know you know the, the, there's a lot of technology out there that helps with like facial scans to make people look like people and you know whether it's wrestling figures or marvel or dc or whatever there's still always that little bit of like uncanny valley that like this looks like a little person um with the turtles and splinter and and shredder with his mask on and everything uh because they aren't uh, based on a human thing they're based on something that's already you know manufactured they look fantastic like they don't look creepy they they really just they really nailed it they really nailed those figures the textures of the the turtles um Dave mentioned, of course, the the musical uh, experience, the coming out of their shells tour. They even put those turtles out. Um, so, uh, as the musical mutagen tour turtles was a a, a con exclusive for twenty twenty one or twenty twenty, um, which is literally my favorite four Ninja Turtles figures that I have. It's like something that I hold very very near and dear. Um, yeah, and and uh, you know the the kind of ripples and and uh, and waves from that first film are being are still being felt today. Uh, in fact, as as we were recording this, the the newest Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem, uh, animated film, uh, is is in theaters, doing really well. Uh, it's made like over sixty million dollars. I think we were we were talking about, and uh, and for promotional purposes that when they have the turtles appear uh in places the costumes for those turtles are still being made by the Jim Henson uh studios so the the uh when you see the the four turtles pop up at like press events and you know uh i'm assuming maybe at some point down the line theme parks uh you know you'll see those uh those turtles pop up yeah the um here in New Jersey, we have the American Dream Mall and has Nickelodeon World. And currently, the turtles that show up in, in Nickelodeon World are are the the 2012 style costumes. But I'm I'm wondering if maybe those new costumes that they made for 
sure mutant mayhem will show up there at some point but um yeah uh any any last thoughts from you dave on uh on on the ninja turtles 1990 movie no yeah, I think no, I, th- I think we got it. Yeah, I, th- I think we covered it. So um, before we send you home, um, what what movie? You know, let's 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 put a question out out here to uh, to our listeners. Um, yeah, you'll see it on those Instagram stories. What what should they do, Dave? When they see um, smash when they see the what like we're going to talk about and the subscribes. And hit the bell on YouTube and subscribe there. Um, so that way you know when we put out videos like this episode. Um, yeah. So we would love to continue this Toys on Film topic somewhere down the line. Let us know what you think of this. Yeah. One, did you like did this? Did you enjoy this? Two, what movie should we do next? Um, let us know. Is there something we could have done better? I, I, I don't know. Just, I hope you enjoyed it. Cause we enjoyed talking about this movie for an hour. So yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean with that, I mean, I love being a turtle. Uh, Dave, send us home. Cowabunga. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.